Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Taking Care of Business. We've got myself and our managing director, Mark Walters, with us today. Hopefully we'll um, get some good sense out of him. He was up last night watching the Liverpool-Everton game. Most important game of the season, by the way. And then he was up early this morning because we're filming on Valentine's Day at the petrol station to get some flowers (laughs) for his wife. I think he's on about two hours sleep at the moment. Um, What we're going to go through today, guys, is uh, a quick recap of January in terms of some facts and figures that we've seen in the market. Both DLD, uh, Dubai Land Department, and Allsop and Allsop proprietary data. And then just round up with a couple of things we've seen in the news this week that are quite interesting to us and hopefully the RTU and the wider uh, property market. So, to kick things off, looking at our January sales report, Mark. What are the, t- the couple of big takeaways that you've seen in there, a couple of big things you want to talk about? Well, I was going to start with, with the DLD data, to be honest with you, Paul. And I think not only was it our um, second best performance from a company point of view, it was also, I think everyone was at it in the market as well. Yeah. There was 20, I think there was 28 billion dirhams worth of property sold in value, which is a 67% increase um, year on year. And the number of transactions were just shy of 10,000, which I think is a record dating back to 2008. So whilst we had a, an incredible month ourselves, it was also an incredible month for the market as well. And I think you talk about trends there, I can't see it letting up. I just can't see um, the market, the way it's, and we'll go into to numbers later on and the numbers of, of buyer registrations and tenant registrations, but it's not letting up. It really, really isn't. So I think it's going to be a common trend this, this, this year, Paul, as well. Well, to jump to, to that figure that you just mentioned, so our client registrations, and admittedly it is all something else, but seeing some other companies' social medias seems to be the same across the market or similar stories reported, but our client registrations are up 126% from January 2022 to January this year. Yep. And if everyone remembers back to January 2022, Everyone was saying then what a record January it was and how busy the market was yeah. and like how, how many client registrations we're getting. So, so to, to explain, when we're talking client registrations, that means people who are registering with us looking to buy or rent a property. So when we're talking about 126% increase year on year, that's 126% more people have contacted us this January looking to buy or rent a property, which is phenomenal, really. Well, yeah, and I just, just further cements the appetite of the place, you know what? And I've been on this a couple of times now, and I've probably bored in the viewers when, when I say this, but people want to be here. People want to, people are coming here for two, three, four months, seeing the state of the place and how healthy it is. And they, they don't want to go home, you know? And the appetite, like I said, is, is it's, it's amazing for us, obviously. It's great for us as, as, a, as a company, but not just this sector, the whole place is, is, is buzzing at them. And off, off air, I was speaking to Alini, and we were speaking about just about food and beverage and, and restaurants and hotels and the occupancy levels of, levels in the hotels are, are ridiculous and the amount of restaurants and high-end restaurants that are coming to to Dubai now you'd never ever see that years ago but flipping back back to what we were speaking about with regards to the, the buyer registrations like you say people want to be here because the place again in my opinion from a, not from a buyer's point of view there's nowhere like it at the moment the buzz Look on the roads now. The roads are ridiculously busy. Like I say, the hotels, the occupancy levels, I think, are up to. I think Sheikh Mohammed mentioned the other day some figures. I think it's the highest occupancy level of um, of hotels in the world. It was like 92, 93 percent. Yeah, I agree. And we even see it with our um, holiday homes team as well. I know that's maybe a smaller scale in the hotels. Yeah. But the occupancy levels we're seeing for, for holiday homes is through the roof. But people just want to get on the market as well, Paul. You know, people want to. 
you know, the buyers that now are coming to market, they're seeing just the levels of, of what people are are making in terms of capital appreciation and, and yields because the, the rents are also marrying up with the price hikes. But people, like I say, that, that they want to be here, they want to base themselves here. And going back to what I always say about lifestyle, like you said, you're a father, we've got children, the security levels here are, are, are amazing compared to that of, unfortunately, some countries in, in, in the US or, um, or in Europe. The security levels here are, are fantastic, and like I say, people want a piece of that. Yeah, I agree. So what, one of the things we keep hearing about, uh, right, and rightly so, is how busy the off-plan market is, the amount of launches, etc., etc. But what's the data showing us in terms of for January secondary market against off-plan transactions? Yeah, well, what we've seen, we saw that it was quite. I think it was like about a two hundred to three hundred swing in favour of of off-plan. There was just over 5,000 transactions in the off-plan market against the 4,811 transactions in, in the secondary. The value was 12 billion against the value of secondary of 15.9 billion. Now, I've got an opinion about this, about why the second, or sorry, the, uh, the off-plan market is performing so well. I think Lewis also went on record last year, and it's, it's, it's becoming a lot more um, prominent now with regards to tenants and tenants pre-COVID who moved into properties were paying low rents and have stayed in their properties for two or three years. And we're finding it difficult now where buyers or prospective buyers can move into a ready, even an upgraded property. In some cases, people gotta wait 12 months. Whereas now what I think people are doing is people are now maybe suffering a rent for one or two years and buying an off-plan units and waiting two or three years. So they don't have any sort of, let's say, headache when they are about to move into the other property hands over. And plus they've got a nice, nice shiny property as well. So I think now people are, I'm not saying they're shifting because the market, the off-plan market's been buoying for the last two or three years, but we're seeing a, a big shift in people now, and especially with the payment plans, even though they're becoming a little bit more aggressive, the payment plans as well are, are very, um, appetizing for for the prospective buyer but i think a lot of people want want that that shiny new apartment or that shiny new villa without the headache of anyone or giving anyone a vacating notice you know yeah well i mean we could probably do a, a separate podcast yeah. on its own in terms of vacating notices but one thing that we we were talking about this morning when we're looking through the facts and the figures was the increase in mortgage transactions year on year across the market and what what that might be telling us about what's it's happening it's massive for me paul and Obviously, the, the buzzword at the moment is the Fed, is central bank, is price hikes, is, um, I think it was in January, it was 0.25%. We had a, another increase from the Fed, which obviously central bank followed suit. It doesn't seem to be having an impact, if I'm being honest with you, Paul. Um, there was 12.3 billion dollars worth of, of mortgage transactions in, in January, which is a 150, 160% increase year on year. Uh, and that's in the market, sorry. That's in the market as opposed to all sup and all sup. Sorry, apologies. Yeah, that was that was externally. That was the whole of the, of the real estate sector, um, with a hundred percent increase on um, registra- mortgage registrations, which shows yes, obviously people are starting to feel a pinch. But I think going back to what I said before as well, with rentals moving the way they are, people don't want to keep paying rent. But people want to now try and get onto the property ladder, and like I say, the, the numbers there are proven that. One thing that I, I, I was I was gonna mention is, is with the, 
the, the amount of foreign investment that is coming into the market. I was going to ask you, do you think we need to be careful of obviously first-time buyers? It's very difficult for these first-time buyers to get on the market. What's your opinion maybe to, to get these guys on the market, to get these guys buying? How do you think the, the government should, or do you think they should bring any initiatives in to stimulate that end of the market? It's very difficult. Um, and I know, the, I, I mean, to, to give a case study, there's one of my son's classmates' dads have been talking to quite a bit over the last couple of weeks, and they're renting at the moment up in Mira. And they're having the same conversations that the rent have gone up so much, but they want to, they want to get on the property ladder, but prices have shot up so much, it, yeah. it, it's not affordable to them. And I don't know if we've got the answer here and now, unfortunately, because I think what the uh, government did during COVID was great. They reduced the, um, the deposit amount needed for first-time buyers by 5%, which made it a more affordable entry to the market. Now, arguably, and probably if there was anything to do to stimulate it, you would reduce it again, but with certain caveats that banks could only lend to people that maybe been in country for 12 months and above on the lower deposit, just to make sure it's a bit more of a secured investment. Because going back to the podcast a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the difference between 2008 and nine and now, one of the big differences is the amount of equity in the market. People aren't over leveraging themselves with small deposits and everything else. Yeah. So to a certain extent, I actually support larger deposits in the market because I think it, more equity in the market makes it more stable and, and more mature and what have you. So I think maybe if anything, you could reduce the deposit for first time buyer, but like I say, with a caveat of maybe 12 month bank statements of employment, steady employment in the UAE, yeah. steady income, uh, obviously, the, you have the allied to had uh, credit bureau check, which checks for pay, uh, credit card payments, car loans. Mm -hmm. So may, maybe you'd, you'd base it base it off off that as well. But these communities that maybe a year, eighteen months ago were considered a little bit further out, a little bit further to travel, and therefore a bit more value for money. Sort of finding them have increased in price to an you, extent. Where let's say you look at branches one and two, or let's say branches one, not just branches one. You look at people now, obviously going back to to. Um, I think Stu, Stu Rowe, our head of mortgage, has done a podcast a couple of weeks back. And the biggest thing, obviously, I mentioned there that doesn't seem to have an impact, but the biggest thing is the affordability. So while obviously people, I think last year, this time last year, people couldn't afford 25% less of the property value or the value of the property now. So what that people are doing is adjusting. So let's say if you were in ranches one, obviously the prices of ranches one have, have increased as of ranches two, but then you've got ranches three coming into market over the next, what, 12 months. So what I'm finding is, I'm sure you'll agree, is that people are now just readjusting. And whilst there was always a stigma with, with developments that are a little bit further out, it's 20 minutes. Everywhere now, no matter where you are, obviously whether we, you know, we live in, let's say, the other end of town, we've got to go to downtown, it might be 20 minutes, but nowhere's too far away now, Paul, yeah. is it? Especially with the roads and the infrastructure and everything else. Yeah, and when you compare it to any other major city in the yeah. world, it's, it's light years oh, ahead look, in terms listen, of the how, how often do we moan that we're in a bit of traffic? They say you go to London, you're in traffic for, for three hours of your day. So we're very lucky that way. So to throw something out there, because as we always say, our data is always maybe three, four, five months ahead of what the DLD is reporting, because we're reporting deals as we agreed. DLD reports them weeks to months later as, as and when they're transferred. We have actually seen in January, year on year, and it's only one month data, so, and it's only one company, so you've got all yeah. the usual caveats. The average price for villas and towns, sorry, the average um, agreed price across all our deals for villas and townhouses, and then separately for apartments, decreased in January. So that's not to say that, a, that your two bed in the marina has dropped in price. Yeah. It just means that the overall transaction price 
has come down. What do we attribute that to, and do we think it's uh, it's an indication of something else, or is it too early to say? Do you know what? I seen this this morning. I was like, I was I was quite surprised, quite taken aback. Um, if you think back though, Paul, eighteen months, let's say probably twelve months ago, our average price, maybe not twelve months ago, let's say eighteen months ago, our average price was always hovering around the two to two point two million dinners mark, and obviously we like like quite significant sale or sales on high-end villas or luxury villas, and I think that's that's taking it up. In terms of are we seeing a, a, a I don't know something in the market? I don't think so because you look at the um, the clientele that we're attracting at the moment, Paul, and, and the the quality and the how high-end the listing that we're taking on, and not just taking on, people are now starting to because we never we've never been in that type of market. Let's say let's go back three or four years ago, we've never been in the luxury end of the market. Now we're in business. A lot, yeah. Every week there's something, I'm not just saying one, maybe someone speaking about one property or two properties. It's a multitude of properties. And like I say, this is, it's not uncharted territory, but it's something that I'm very, very excited by. So in terms of a bit of a dip in the average sale price, I don't, I wouldn't read into it too much. What would you say? Would you, would you read into it or? No, if I was to read anything into it, I'd just go back to what you said a minute ago about people maybe who were looking at Arabian ranches uh, six months ago, maybe looking in ranches too now. So I think, and we talked about people's affordability has dropped on average 25%. Yeah. So of course, at some point, there has to be some kind of impact in the market. I think maybe people are just making different purchasing decisions. So like I said a minute ago, individual properties aren't dropping in price. Yeah. But maybe if you're looking for three bedding ranches one, you're now looking for three bedding ranches two because because the affordability's changed. Yeah. But you spot on at the other end of the market, there's so much investment coming in, and there's so much going on at the higher end. Mm. It's kind of kind of counteracting things at the moment. But you look at looking at the the average sale price and the average rental price, and then you let's say even for the investor, not just the end. We we're very we're always at the forefront of homeowners, which is, listen, that's our bread and butter. But you look at the investment side of things, Paul, yes, prices are increasing, but also rents. So return on investment is marrying up with hikes in, in, in sale prices, but also the rentals are increasing as well. So you're looking here, let's say our average our average sale in our um, in our villa communities, it was 5.4 million dirhams. And then we look at our average rental price, it's 311,000 dirhams work that out on a, on a gross return and you're looking at 6%, close to 6%. I don't care where you're at in the world, 6% yeah. is a very, very good return. Let's say you, you look at a net return, you're looking at 5.5%, which is, is very, very good. It's the same in our, in our apartments sector. It's probably even more. You're looking at 6 7% net, which again, I know that's not accurate, but if you look at our averages, then it says that again, it's still not just very attractive for an end user. It's so attractive as well for the investor board. Okay, so coming on to the next point, I'm gonna chuck another one at you. We've been on record for quite a while now talking about undersupply in the market. In our monthly report, which is available for anyone um, on our social channels, on our website to go and have a look at and download, we're reporting a 56% increase, sorry, 54% increase in new listings to the market. January this year compared to January last year. Mm-hmm. How does that marry up with what we're talking about, there being an undersupply in the market? I think you you alluded to it before. You've got a lot of new communities coming to market. You have communities that have been in market and people 
not necessarily wanting to see them, obviously, because they always gravitate towards your, what we call our core areas, let's say an Emmett's Living or Arabian Ranches or a Jumeirah Golf Estates. But now, like I say, people are starting to adjust, whether that be from a personal point of view or a financial point of view, people are now starting to adjust. So, and as we're growing as well, we're obviously opening and opening up other branches, other departments. So we're seeing, you know, we might have moved on, which we never had 18 months ago. We have um, Villanova, we never had 18 months ago. Maybe Damak 2, Damak Hills 2 that we never had. So all of these communities that we're bringing to market, Paul, obviously that will have an influx of listings. And don't forget the off-plan sector as well. I think we're inclusive of the off-plan as well here. So whilst people will, they will still want to gravitate towards, again, what we call the core areas, you've got to look outside of this now. Like you say, you look at the Al Quadra Corridor, Town Square, so popular. You look at Damak Hills, so popular. All down that end, and again, people are now, as I mentioned before, becoming wise and becoming a little bit more, um, they, they don't bother about, it's not, not bothering about, about traveling, you know what I mean? Because it's only 15, 20 minutes. So I think this, that, what you've said, yes, it seems quite tiny, and it seems a little bit contradictory, you know, but I don't think, I wouldn't read into it, into it too much, but I just look at what we're doing internally again, and as we're growing. Do you know what would be a good start? I'm gutted we haven't got it now. Maybe we'll provide it in the comments or an additional to the video. The amount of new applicants compared to new listings. Yeah. Like, so was it 10 to 1 last year and it's 10 to 1 this year? Yeah. Or that would be probably a, a good indicator sure we as well. Sure and we of course, like we said before, 27,000 property handovers against 150,000 uh, people, increasing population. So, yeah, it doesn't go, like you say, the maths don't work. Okay, I think we're coming to the end of our time already, which always happens on these data ones because I feel like there's there's so much you can talk about. But I think there's a couple of things we wanted to um, wanted to round round off on that are happening in Dubai, but will also impact the property market. The first one is one I know you're not interested in at all, What's that one? which is Dubai flying taxes. Do you think we'd ever see you on one? Well, listen, you know what this coincides with something I read yesterday. Did you see them two planes that nosedive a thousand foot? <laughs> over the Atlantic. So I'm going away in a couple of weeks and it always happens. Every time I'm going away, there's always a plane crash or there's always some type of a disaster. So then I've just seen this, then there's absolutely no <laughs> chance I'll be going anywhere near these, Paul. I like the roads, I like where I can see. I like to see flat road roads. I don't want to be going anywhere in any sort of plane, taxi or whatever you want to call it. Well, for me, it's very... It's, it's, listen, it, it sounds great, but yeah. I haven't gone on it. It's very exciting. So I think Sheikh Mohammed signed off on four vertiports, is what what we're calling them. Uh, at the airport, DXB, downtown, Palm and Marina. Yeah. And this is where people will be able to go to to get their yeah, flying taxi to one of the other locations. I won't be going to any of them. But it sounds great. And I think it's on the back of things like... I've had a couple of days and it's just talking about new technologies and the, the way our lives are changing. Dubai Airport now, you don't need a passport to check in. You just walk through. You can go to the shop now, some shops, and you don't need your, your credit card. You just use your, use your, your face to pay. We it's, spoke about it the other day, me and Lewis, on, on, on the podcast, and it's everything you've got is on your phone. You know, you, you go to any shopping mall, and you, obviously there's facial recognition. You, you say you go through the airports. It's what's happening, like you say, I'm, I'm, I'm only kidding with this, but it's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic for the place. And again, it's, it's Dubai on the front foot. Yeah. Dubai on a front foot like they are with so many things at the moment and just going by, I've got probably the last six weeks, the amount of friends that have asked me about coming over here because they're seeing Dubai in, in, 
in all types of, of news publications all over the world. And it's nothing but positive, Paul. Exactly. And this is how, talking about this podcast, flying taxes come into the property market because yeah. Dubai is on the front foot. If you're a visionary or an entrepreneur around the world, Dubai is a place you want yeah. to be. And with that, with the people influx, with the business startups, et cetera, et cetera, it only helps. Everyone needs a place to live. I agree. It only helps the property market. And that comes on to actually the, the second point in terms of people coming here. People can now apply for remote visas without being... Um, in Dubai. So this is where you can work in Dubai, but have a visa. So yeah, you can work, you can have a visa to work in Dubai, but your job is maybe in the UK or the yeah. US or in Europe. What you can do now is do all the paperwork and apply for that before you come to Dubai, just to make sure basically you can, yeah. you can get it. And it, it, it's all, uh, you're not going to get here and, yeah. and face issues, which again, I know we spoke about a long time ago now, digital nomads, but it's just another reason for people to come here and it's making it easier for people to come here. I think it's, I think it's, it, it's actually, it's here before you've introduced it, Paul, you know, since, since COVID and it's working, you know, remote working, obviously in certain sectors, we are, we're very much not against um, working from home or remote working in, in, in our industry, but it's already here. You know, I was speaking off camera again to, to uh, one of our colleagues and one of the, one of the best um, restaurants in Dubai, They've gone to a four-day working week. They pay, they pay oh, sorry, they, they work a few more hours during the week, but it's actually less hours if they were to work, but they've gone to a four-day four week. But it's in Paul, isn't it? Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you say, people now, with all the virtual platforms, with obviously with WhatsApp Messenger and all these things that are so, actually it's, it's all about technology, isn't it? It's, it's everything at our fingertips now. You don't have to be in front of someone. I love being in front of someone. I think. You know, especially in, in our industry, there's nothing like face-to-face -face building relationships, but you can still build a relationship, like say, on these, on these virtual platforms. So I think it's in, but I think it's another great initiative as well. Yeah, agreed. Good, that's it for us from this week. Thank you for, uh, for tuning in, watching, listening. The monthly report we're talking about and the annual report is on our website. So if you want to have a look at it, go there, download it, or just... Contact us on any of the social media inboxes. We'll be happy to share it with you. If you have any questions, comments, get in touch similarly. And also don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, tell your friends all about us. Thank you. And until next week, see you later. Cheers, guys.